The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
Now, wow. that doesn't All get right. you fired up for, I don't know, God knows what. Yeah, I'm giving that a damn. You're half All dead. right. All right. See, the goal there, folks, and the goal right now is to get you so incensed and fired up. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> That's right. Can you feel it? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, in, an, in a nod to the Johnny Teflon uh, <laughs> uh, pantheon of music that I'm actually not aware of, you know, once again, you came up with something that, that I'm not Pulled out of with. the uh, proverbial cornhole, yeah, if you will. you know, and I got to say, <laughs> impressive, impressive. That was, that was, that took me to school for a minute or well, two. I'd say what, uh, I'm glad you liked it. That yeah. uh, was a little ditty by um, a German Eurodance outfit. That's how they describe themselves. Okay. Uh, it's a hip-hop group. Right. Snap. Which everybody knows Snap for the 90s with their, their signature tune, The Power. Okay. Well, this was another little ditty, and this one here came off of the Rocky Five soundtrack. It's entitled Keep It Up, and a, a funny little uh, anecdote attached to it. All right. In my misspent youth and yes. my lackluster, uh, fledgling <laughs> MMA career. <laughs> nice. Clearly, and my friends used to just love this fact because I was the only one among us that really wanted entrance music. Okay. Um, this would have been my entrance tune because it's right. just. I, I just want to beat things about the head in the yeah, face when I hear it's this. it's kind of smoldering, you know? <laughs> yes. It kind of gets you going. It's like, when you're listening yep. to it, it's like, I really need to break something. Right. And so it's a natural hit for any Rocky soundtrack, including mm. Rocky Five, which was just not that good. <laughs> okay. Not that good. Didn't see it, but I heard the rumors. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's from 1992, off of the Rocky Five soundtrack. Yes. I wanted everybody on the same page. See, sometimes... Uh, when we're lucky, yes. we're in a position to not just present an interesting, talkable topic, right. but through the gems we choose, we get just to like f with people's emotions, indeed, <laughs> and indeed. and become the puppet masters, right. if you will. Yes. So I hope everybody's nice and pissed off, slugging beer, <laughs> uh, cursing out their neighbors and and the opposing sports teams, and because... breaking shit, yes. breaking shit. Because tonight we're gonna do a little oh. I don't know if it's introspection mm. or just an examination of the human condition when opposed to just sports. Yeah, yeah. Once again, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Yes. Why don't you use your words, Mike, to convey what I'm trying to say? You know, <laughs> sudden death took on a whole new meaning this past week. Oof. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're referencing the situation that happened uh, last week with... Uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, 24-year-old safety, DeMar Hamlin. Number three. A, yeah. yeah number in three. a game with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. Where this kid took a shot, went down, and gave the entire universe a shot of perspective. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Thank you for nailing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, the juggernaut, you know, the $25 billion annually by 2027 juggernaut that is the NFL mm -hmm. got a moment of pause courtesy of this moment. Indeed they did. And, uh, and yeah, everybody took a big step back and went, oh, my God. Yeah. And what it left in its wake was so much material for oh us to discuss. Oh, my <laughs> God. Jesus. Because Talk about who would have thought? People well, stepping up to prove how holier than thou they are. Oh, yes. You know? Uh, <laughs> you know, as we've discussed before, we apparently are currently uh, living in an age of overcompensation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is courtesy, of course, of mass media. And this was a classic example of that. Correct. Uh, it pushed the bullshit meter in the red. Yep, and uh, you know nobody nobody can debate the fact that yeah this was 
you know, a fairly shocking thing to see, mm-hmm. you know, this kid getting CPR on the field. Right, and it's important that we state that. We're not ogres. We're not heartless men. Not at all. We feel for the kid. We were, you know, in a nutshell, momentarily traumatized like the rest of America watching of course, this on of the course. worldwide stage. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, the shock to the system soon gave way to the avalanche of bullshit that comes you know, yeah. primarily courtesy of Twitter, yeah. which apparently Elon Musk has not managed to kill just yet. <laughs> and really, even more so than that, I mean, Twitter, you could throw in the whole social media universe, but just in general, people have a way of ruining everything. Thank God for them internets. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And in this case, we went from a really unfortunate incident and the, 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 the outpouring of sympathy and unity. I mean, that was amazing for like the first day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you take a step back, and I know we got several layers of this to hit. I'm yeah, not indeed we do. jumping in on your topic. Yeah. But let me just say before we make any of our other points, these are modern day gladiators that we have created, and we like to pigeonhole into our little universe of entertainment. Yes. So I would just say to the listening audience, it's almost offensive. How in a, this is not a pun, in a heartbeat, yeah. they go from that to, oh, geez, he's just out there trying to do his darndest and make a living, and, and here we are in our, in our own shallow lives that mean nothing. Let's, let's shower him with, with tribute and donations. And yeah. You all need to stop. Little over the top. Little, Little over Ugh. the top. And, you know, like, like we were talking about in pre-show, you know, this kind of reeks of survivor's guilt in a lot of ways. It certainly does. You know? Because we're now, because, yeah, because people are looking at this saying, wow, am I the shit heel? Because I root these guys on knowing full well in the back of my head. We fuel this that beast. That bad things can happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we fuel this beast. And, yeah, this is nothing new. I mean, if you want to go, you know, uh, run down the list of the NFL horror show. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a variety and, and a long list of stuff, you know, things that people were shocked by. And just off the top of my head, you know, first thing that, you know, came to mind to me being a Patriots fan was what happened in August of 1978 when Daryl Stingley went down in a preseason game when Jack Tatum hit him mm-hmm. and paralyzed the kid, you know, paralyzed him for life. You know, jump forward to November of 1985 when Lawrence Taylor hit Joe Theismann. You know, just shocking, jarring moment. Monday Night Football, I believe, yep, yep. ended Theismann's career. Uh, September of 2001, when Drew Bledsoe took a wicked shot from Mo Lewis, the, mm-hmm. the New York Jets linebacker, yep. and damn near killed his ass. <laughs> These things are nothing new. Right. You know, this, this happens time and time and time again. You know, we were, we were talking again in pre-show um, about the film North Dallas 40, mm-hmm. which was a shot of reality, uh, courtesy of uh, former uh, Dallas Cowboys receiver Pete Gent about the inside work as the NFL and what it really, really looks like. <laughs> and uh, one of the quotes that came up from the Nick Nolte character, who was Pete Gent, mm-hmm. um, and this is 1979, mind you. This is 30-plus years ago, um, where he talked about uh, they are the team, meaning management. We're the equipment. Right. You know, meaning the players. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this, is, this is not a revelation, folks. I right. mean, but these things come along, and like I said, it gives us a shot of perspective. Yeah. It reminds us this is really what the game is, yeah. and this is really the breakdown. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of shocking in the moment. You know, fortunately, of course, 
you know, Hamlin lived, mm-hmm. um, rocked people. Yeah. But yeah, the kid's gonna the kid's gonna be okay, he which is. is the saving grace uh, of all of this. Mm-hmm. But I have to ask um, because I'm really a spectator on all this kind of stuff. I don't get into sports radio and whatnot, but. Uh, Skip Bayless is the most hated man in the universe. Social pariah. What the fuck on this? And, you know, that's as simple as, you know, look, he gets paid to be not such a likable guy. Yeah. Like all is that of, what it is? Is he a bomb yeah. thrower? Is he, he, yeah? He's a hot taker. That, okay. That's how these, right. these sports right. pundits make their living. Not much unlike any of the major cable news networks. Okay. And they get paid to throw these hot takes out to cause controversy and to get people talking. Yeah. Well... Skip Bayless comes out uh, either that day or the next day. Yeah, and, I think it was Monday night. Okay. I think. And basically says... The you tweet know, to end all tweets, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> the tweet de la tweet. Yeah. Saying basically, you know, what's going to happen now with the NFL scheduling? Because it was at a crossroads, you know, which happens the second to last week of the season. Yeah. But, and he just kind of questions it out loud, kind of like an out loud thought. And the last sentence says something to the effect, may I paraphrase, just that, well, not that any of this you know, matters now, kind of you know, putting it in, in perspective. Well, you know, Johnny, Nobody we, heard that part. We, we don't need to <laughs> paraphrase because I'll give you the exact quote right here. Nice. Bring it. Uh, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome. Now, here's the good part, folks, the part mm-hmm. that everybody ignores which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Damn! Right. Okay, apparently this guy is the biggest asshole on the planet. Uh, I woke up this morning and checked on a story in Rolling Stone. Literally, it was, this was the headline. Skip Bayless has always been a piece of shit. <laughs> that was Corbin Smith with Rolling Stone. And, you know, again, to somebody who... You know, is basically a kind of a spectator. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, an impartial observer to this kind of thing. It was like, oh my god, did this guy like advocate euthanizing puppies or something like now, that? Now, was that the only bad word he was called on the interwebs? Oh, dude, the reaction, <laughs> and I, 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 again, fascinated by this apparent shit show. Jotted down a few of these things, a few of these adjectives, a few of these go right descriptives, ahead. Um, and they are as followed. But are not limited to <laughs> fired, slapped, canceled, ostracized, piece of shit, horrible human, disgusting, sick, clown, joke, scum, uh, shameless, pathetic, and this is the, 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 the piece de resistance, uh, ghoulish, inhuman person. A $20 whore. Wow. Uh, and and he's will, not even a politician. And no, really I know, that. I know. Usually Oof. you got to be in Washington <laughs> to generate this kind of shit. And I'm going to quote former, spot, uh, former uh, Fox Sports VP Scott Anderson. Um, this came up, obviously, right after Bayless's tweet was posted. You created the worst take ever. A man could be dead, you fucking piece of shit. You actually make me embarrassed that I helped you start the network that pays you millions of do- fucking dollars. You are truly a worthless piece of shit. He, he apparently needed to, like... Really drive that point piece home. Piece of shit a couple yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. And then he deleted the, the tweet a couple hours later. Well, allow me to add this other snippet just please, to embellish please, our point. Please do. Um, and it's not just uh, 
this this mindset that say the the spectator class has. Yes. No, the athletes themselves are guilty of this because the same day or the next day, I forget which. Okay. Uh, between a game of the New York Football Giants and the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Uh, a Giants player, uh, middle linebacker, I believe, Kayvon Thibodeau, sacked and virtually knocked out. Um, what's his name? Uh, Foles. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Who is clearly, you know, a little south of conscious after this hit, <laughs> and in, in, a, in a in a clean dome, which makes no sense. Right. Thibodeau starts doing snow angel moves to uh, warrant the response after the game from Jeff Saturday, the interim. Coach. Okay, now correct me if I'm wrong, but Foles was like convulsing when, when this dude was doing like snow angels. He, he was doing the knockout shivers. Yeah, yeah you could tell okay. he, he was hurt, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so snow angels ensue. Jeff Saturday comes out and basically, you know, calls Kayvon a piece of trash, has right. no business being in the league. Of course. So the immediate response from Kayvon was, who? Okay. <laughs> because those who are not following the story, Jeff Saturday was a center for the Colts for many years. Yes, but who just from, got handed the head coaching job? Yeah, didn't he go from like ESPN analyst to head coach? Correct, and he wasn't even good at that football yeah. franchise. That's because yeah. the owner of the Colts is a rabid drunk He's, and, and pill popper. But yeah. that's a story for another day. Yeah, Ursay, yeah, but yeah, Ursay. But the thing is, he comes back the next day and states flat out, "Okay, okay, I'm paid to be a savage and sack quarterbacks." Ooh. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. And you know what? That's exactly what he's paid to do. Yes, it is. So when we were discussing talking about this and sharing our thoughts with the body politic, yes. as football fans, we can relate to the fact that it's all about <laughs> akin to ancient gladiators, mm. the roar of the crowd. Are you not entertained? Very much so. People don't watch NASCAR, okay? For the bright colored cars. They I've watch heard, it for I've the crashes. This. I've heard this. And people generally, maybe not in Canada, but here in the States, <laughs> we don't watch hockey for the fancy stick work. Okay? Yeah. We like the collision. Why do you watch boxing? What's the highlight of any boxing match anywhere? One guy punching the shit out of another guy. And knocking his ass out. Yeah. Or let's let's make it more modern. MMA. You get choked out. Either right. way. You're leaving not under your own power. That's the highlight of that day's event. Well, that's the reality, and that's the bottom line. I mean, I like to think that I watch uh, pro football. I'm a fan of pro football as opposed to college because of the precision of the game. Mm -hmm. It's like watching a chess game, you know, right. and move, counter move. I mean, this is, you know, obviously a benefit of being a Patriots fan for a lot of years and, you know, the master, Bill Belichick, mm -hmm. seeing him do these things. Um, but yeah, the hits, the, the the collision aspect of it definitely pumps up the adrenaline. Right. You know, it appeals on a very primal level. And looking at now, as we're building up to our, our point, yes. thank God it's going well do we so have far. A point? We, we do. do have a point. Okay. Good. And here's kind of where it comes to fruition. Yes. Because as we've stated on both of our parts many times in this podcast, our arch enemy is the H word, hypocrisy. Yeah. Message. So now here you've got the NFL, okay? Mm -hmm. Kind of sitting up with, with, with their hands like, hey, didn't, it wasn't our fault this time. Yeah. Yet. They just approved the 17-game season, knowing yep. full well, based on stats out the gazoo, yep. it was going to lead to more injuries. Oh, absolutely. Now, this, of course, more is unrelated. More equals right. more injuries. It's this is simple. unrelated. This poor young man apparently had a pre-existing condition. It was a one-in-a-million, you know, unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. But, you know, just like the NFL has had the proper technology for years to, you know, 
lessen the cases of CTE because of yeah, concussions. Mitigated, sure. Right, and they, they tapped their horn now because they just started doing it during preseason. Big fucking yeah. deal, you know. But this is like the same song and dance from the evil empire. Right. But we're not blaming the evil empire. We're blaming... The fans now. That's yep. right, folks. You thought yep. it was all about you? Well, it who's, is. Who's feeding the monster? Yeah. That's exactly it. We're yeah. buying the merchandise. We're hooting and hollering and yelling every time somebody gets taken out. Arguably, the most famous photograph from football from all time yeah. is the old-timey 50s hit from Chuck Bednarik of the Eagles yeah. knocking Frank Gifford the hell out. Right, okay, right. Gifford was never the same ball player after that, yep. and they give out an award every year with Bednarik's name. <laughs> now, granted, it wasn't a malicious hit; it was "quote unquote" legal for the time. Yeah, but tell me again how we're not promoting this this knock him out, drag him out philosophy? Oh, of course. And if that's what football is all about, so be it. Yeah, but Pop, just somebody to cop to it, own up to right. it, right? Absolutely. And coming out, and the way you so eloquently put it, so many ways, we always overcompensate to kind of make us like the guards at, at, at Nuremberg or the people <laughs> on trial. Like, I was just following Otters. That's why I hit him in the head when he wasn't looking. Yeah. Somebody yeah. needs to be held uh, accountable for this, or there's a big or, shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. Really? You know, and really? stop with the, with the parades and the shirts. Number three, we support you. Da, da. Really? It's yeah. like enough is enough. Yeah. And I'll be the first one to say I, I've had enough of it. I, I'm tired of hearing about it. Yeah, the full shit factor is very, very high. Like you said, it. you know, the first 15 or 20 minutes afterwards, it was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Really shocked. concerned for this kid. He was yep. only 24. He's only 24. Mm -hmm. Like I said, he didn't die, you know, so it's not a tragedy. Yep. Um, I mean, he's going to have to find now because he's responsive and it's, it's, he, neurologically he's fully intact and yes. all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have to find himself a, a, a new profession. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But again, he went to college. I'm sure he stayed the full length of time and got his degree before I he went to the pros. Certainly hope so. So he should be okay. Right. Look, my thing is, you know, there's everyday heroes all around us, and in many ways, you know, just. The, the, the machine, the, the PR machine ruins that as well. Yeah. You know, I saw a thing today, and they were saying, and they had a circle around the paramedic van on the field. Right. And it was, and actually, it came from one of the Patriots' feeds. Okay. And they were saying, well, maybe we should all note that the people who were making the least amount of the money on that field were the ones that had the, the greatest impact on his survival. Oh, Jesus. Really? Snap out of it. Where, where's yeah. the line with an agenda start? Well, the, the frivolousness <laughs> like got really high when we were going back and forth between uh, Joe Buck on the broadcast saying, mm -hmm. "Okay, you know, it's going to be five minutes. Players right. going to get warmed up, and then we're going to get back to business." Yeah. And the NFL saying, "We didn't say that." Exactly. They Joe Buck slime balls trying to cover their ass. Yeah, you did. I mean, yep. I'm pretty sure Joe Buck didn't just pull that out of his ass. Sure. He got it from someplace. And then the NFL, like I said, squaring up, down, backwards, and sideways. No, we didn't. We didn't say that. Right. You know, if you didn't, that would be something new because of all the uh, horror show tragedy shit that I just pointed out. Mm -hmm. You know, the Stingley hit, uh, the Taylor hit, uh, the Mo Lewis hit. Yeah. What did we do 10 minutes later? We went right back to the game. Sure. You know, that's what the NFL does. Why are we debating this silly bullshit? Mm -hmm. You know, let's cop to the reality of the situation. Again, juggernaut, NFL, employs a lot of people. A lot of mm -hmm. people make good money off of this. You know, call it what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a shame, you know, the... 
bullshit that comes afterwards that it takes away from like the, the true moment of concern for this kid. Mm-hmm. You know, like for just a couple of minutes, everybody stopped and had their priorities correct for right. just a moment. You know, yeah. we're concerned about this kid. Yeah. You know, and after that, the bullshit went wild, poisoned everything else. Yep. I you mean, know. just to, to draw a comparison, um, again, referencing my, my misspent youth in the world of mixed martial <laughs> arts, I used to have to get through a buddy bootleg tapes of Muay matches from Thailand. It's like okay. their national sport, okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. The championship match there, as it is for the, the belt or whatever, yeah. so unlike... North American sports. Yeah. The winner gets the belt, sure. And they probably also give him a steak dinner and a couple thousand bucks. <laughs> and when there's a fight and somebody dies in the ring, they drag him out, they mop down the ring, and then th- th- the next match goes on. This is why right. you couldn't get video of this because right. it was too barbaric here so wait a minute, in, wait a minute. in the States. They get a steak dinner? They do. Oh, cool. Which I guess is a big deal over in Thailand. I'm sure it is. If you've seen their emaciated cattle. Yeah. But again, it's the hypocrisy. Let's please just call it what it is. Or somebody come up and say, well, you know what? Boxing. It's so brutal. It makes no sense. Yeah. All it is is, yeah, I mean, it is the art of not getting hit. We like yeah. to stress that. Yep. Yep. But that's why nobody really gets that into the lightweight and middleweight yeah. matches. They want the heavyweights who are too slow and take hit after hit after hit upside the noggin. Oh, yeah. It wasn't that long ago in a big scheme of things that we mm-hmm. watched Ray Mancini accidentally kill that the Asian boxer yep. in, in a match. Duke Kim. Right. And yeah. did it change anything? No. No. Didn't. No. You know, it, 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 boxing's a good example of what we're talking about. You know, people like to focus on the strategy because there is strategy sure. here. And, you know, the way these guys go about approaching an opponent and yep. how they identify weaknesses and whatnot. And if you doubt that, folks, watch, like, on ESPN 8, the Ocho, like, a tough man contest if they still have them. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll see the difference between professional fighters and amateurs. Yeah. Go but, ahead, sir. But, but <laughs> the, the, the bouts that are cited as the most exciting and the greatest of all time are bouts where two guys squared off center of the ring, mm-hmm. and just toe-to-toed it and beat the living shit out of each other. Right. You know, I'm thinking of the, the Tommy Hearns match with, mm-hmm. um, was it Marvin Hagler? Where they just, for three rounds, they oh, just yeah. teed Epic. off on each other. You, you are know? correct. Epic match. Yeah, and I mean, Mike Tyson's greatest hits. You know, that was all about Mike Tyson yep. pulling the shit out of somebody. How quickly, right? Yeah. It wasn't, was he going to win? How quickly is he going to dispatch this jobber? Yeah. <laughs> is it going to be the first round, or is this guy going to maybe make it to the second round? Yeah. And every one of those knockouts was violent as hell, too. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And that's... <laughs> last thing in the world I would want to deal with is Mike Tyson punching me in the head. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I guess I think the point, the bottom line that we're getting with is like... Or getting to... So let's just be honest about this. Mm-hmm. You know, let us... Let's, let's put it in the proper perspective... Let's stop being full of shit. Right. You know, the sanctimoniousness, spare me. Mm-hmm. You know, the holier than thou, I can be more sensitive than you. All the shit that came out after this poor kid got hospitalized and people weren't sure really if he was going to live through this right. and whatnot. You know, and uh, it, this is all, you know, obviously powered by mass media, mm-hmm. but fucking spare me. Really? Maybe, maybe at the next owner's meeting, okay, mm. instead of discussing what foreign country we're going we're gonna to play football games in now, yeah. they should discuss, oh, I don't know, maybe contingency plans 
for when this happens again, because it's going to happen again. Of course it is. It's the nature of the beast. Yeah. Could be sooner, could be later. Yeah. I was, uh, I was reading a piece in the Boston Globe this morning. I think it was Chad Finn, right? Chad Finn. And he was saying, you know, the NFL can't continue on business as usual after this. Well, you know what? Yeah, they're, they can. Oh, and they're so gonna. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, gonna. they're looking at expanding other countries. They're looking at Mexico. They're looking at London. Yep. You know, message to Chad Finn, get your head out of your ass. Don't even, don't even bother me with that bullshit perspective. Right. You know, spare me, because it's, yep. it's a juggernaut. It's a monster, and it's going to keep on rolling. Right. And the wrap-up number one segment, because it's almost time for that middle gem. Ooh. Uh, as succinctly as, as possible, yes. let's just call it what it is. It's entertainment, and are you not entertained? Indeed. On that note, it's time for the middle gem. I like it. Yes. I, think, I think you came up with a good one on this one, Johnny. Well, credit this group was this due. due, yeah. Put it in perspective for us. Well, this is a little ditty by uh, the Canadian rock band Rush. Nice. Uh, the name of the tune is Limelight. And we went with this one, um, which is from their 1981 album, Moving Pictures, by the way. Okay. We went with this because it tells the tale of a struggling band. And in their case, when they had finally made it, and they're kind of like, this is so not what we signed up for. Because there <laughs> goes your, your privacy, your any semblance of a normal life. Yep. The constant haranguing by people wanting autographs and whatnot. The true nature of fame. The true nature of fame. And, you know, I chose to use this one because... They, they paraphrase uh, Shakespeare in the opening line, All the World's a Stage, from his play As You Like It. Nice. Uh, and I tend to gravitate towards the intellectual nonsense. That's I like how that. I am. I like that, John. I do. <laughs> but it's, it's, again, speaking to the hypocrisy, look, are you not entertained? You know, every, mm. This is a stage. These are actors. They're players on a stage. It's entertainment. And when things happen, you, you, you deal with it. Like that, okay? All the world's indeed a stage, and we are merely players. Exactly. So here we go for you right now. Limelight by Rush. And we'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff.
That was good stuff. Good tune. And our first Rush tune we've yes. ever played on the show. Yes. A dose of Rush every now and again really, really yep. is a good thing. They I gotta were say. due. They were due. Yes. And they're Canadian, which I don't know. That's What's that all about? Somehow significant. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but it is. We love know? our friends up north. Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. That's a classic example of a band that I, you know, I never bought their CDs or anything like mm-hmm. that, but had the utmost respect for the musicianship. Yeah. You know, those guys were just good. And same here. It's just, you know, look, Rush is one of those bands that always has a CD or two in the jukebox at the bar. Yep. Always. Yep. Most people will play Tom Sawyer. Um, some will do Spirit of Radio. But yep. if you dig a little deeper and you come across, you know, something yeah. in Limelight yeah. or Subdivisions, it's good always stuff. Good. It's always good, good stuff. stuff. And, you know, credit to Neil Peart. Uh, he was the you know driving force behind the lyrics in the band, mm-hmm. and you know just a monster. And you don't you know on top of being a phenomenal phenomenal drummer, amazing lyricist as well. He's cut from that uh, Phil Collins cloth. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> brought an element of intelligence. They were one of those bands that didn't think their audience were idiots. Mm-hmm. You know, they played to the intelligent level of their audience and were very successful doing and it. And it worked. Yes. So anyway, anywho, as we segue <laughs> into a segment that just makes me cringe, it just does. But it's fun. It's 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 fun making fun of these idiots, but yep. like at the same time, it's like yeah, this is my side, and uh, you know, it, it just kind of <laughs> makes, you know, I I don't like to apologize for anything ever. I really don't. Um, he doesn't, folks. But you know, uh, this is of course um, something that came. Came about uh, from the uh, from the Stanford uh, IT community, uh, and it should be noted that Stanford University did shoot this down. They mm-hmm. didn't they didn't let it come through. Uh, but this was uh, something they called the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative, and it's a good dose of what these progressive ah I don't yeah. even know what to call them. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Would Remember, it's do, a family show. Would do, yes, yes, <laughs> beep, 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 uh, would do if left to their own devices. Yes. You know, and, and again, I just cringe at the idea that the thought police are coming from the left now, and it's just like, this is... Never saw that coming, did and we? It's antithetical <laughs> to everything that supposed <laughs> progressives stand for. So, yeah, this is a good dose of what these idiots would have been able to get away with had somebody mm. at Stanford not... Like woke up, ooh, pun, yeah, uh, and said, "No, we're not doing this." You know, the ridicule would be insurmountable. Sure, give you a good dose. Yeah, they were they were you know language policing, and these are some of the the, the proposals that they had. Um, that again, they would have gotten away with if somebody at Stanford hadn't said, "No, no, all right." And again, it's all about this obsession that they have with not offending people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, on the surface, the idea of not offending people is noble, right. you know? But it's to a level, obsession-wise, that makes you wonder, what in the hell is really going on here? And what's wrong with these people? Yeah. You know? And at the end of the day, it's about a, about a very small group of moneyed um, progressives mm-hmm. trying to di- dictate to everybody else how you're supposed to live. And... I'm happy to say that the second part of this will show that the, the public in general ain't going for it. I'm the unsilent majority, big mouth, good. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is the start of, and you and I were discussing this pre-show, of the backlash yes. that is coming. 
But anyway, if these knuckleheads were allowed to get away with this, mm-hmm. these are some of the term policing that they would have done, okay? Words and terms that, that they wanted to substitute. I don't know. I'm just going to let the idiocy speak for itself on this one. Uh, apparently, these are some of the terms that they wanted to eliminate from, uh, from the dialogue because it would have offended somebody, somebody. I guess. Uh, the term basket case, okay? <laughs> Can't use that anymore if these idiots had their way. Um, they wanted to substitute it with nervous. Nervous. Hmm. All right, blind review, okay? Can't say that because it's ableist. You know, the new term I loathe more than anything else in the world, ableist. 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 You, you use the word ableist around me, I can't, I, I, I can't vouch for your survival, okay? Because <laughs> I'm going to do something violent. Uh, blind review, can't do that because it's ableist. Uh, it's got to be anonymous review putting these knuckleheads. Uh, crazy. Can't use the word crazy. He's crazy. Yes. You got to substitute it with surprising or wild because it's ableist. What's that going to do with the Patsy Cline song now? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Surprise. I'm surprised you're such a woke douche. Yeah. I'll have to work on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we already knew you can't use crippled. You can't use retard anymore because, again... It's but we discussed this. It depends on the phonetic stressing. Well, yeah. Retard is bad. Retard is acceptable. Absolutely. Because it sounds French. Absolutely. Okay. You cannot use the word, or the term, I should say, tone deaf. Tone deaf. Which I think I used to a great extent in the first segment talking about <laughs> Skip Bayless. Yep. Um, because apparently it's unenlightened, unenlightened and ableist. Um, and here's, here's like the epitome of this idiocy. Apparently, the term Philippine Islands, you can't use it because it denotes colonialism. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is a whole, this is a topic uh, that we'll do at a later date right. about the whole, like, fervor around colonialism, okay? <laughs> uh, additional topics that these knuckleheads apparently felt the need to include uh, gender-based offensive terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, balls to the wall or ballsy. Uh, apparently, we're supposed to substitute that with accelerated efforts. Uh, traits to anatomy, apparently that's mm-hmm. a no-go. You mm-hmm. can't do that. Can't use the term abort because it can unintentionally raise religious and or moral concerns. Oh, boy. Additional topics that I'm not going to get to because I would be like frothing at the mouth and incommunicado. Uh, institutional racism, of course. Uh, violence, blah, blah, blah. But this one particular one jumped out at me. You can't use the term killing it anymore because doing a great job should not be equated with death. <laughs> Unless you're a mortician. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> And this is the fun part. The New York Times recently did a survey of 4,423 Americans about terms that they would or would not say. And this is something I'm hanging my hat on uh, and <laughs> something that you and I were talking about is the possible turning of the corner right. where the public is finally rejecting this bullshit, woke ideology that is just so beyond stupid. It's hard to put in, put into context, but apparently the term breastfeeding... 
Uh, we're supposed to substitute this with chest feeding. <sighs> chest feeding. How about a fresca? Oh. Ah. And let me repeat this for emphasis. Em- emphasis? Chest feeding. <laughs> 85% of the American public is apparently still using breastfeeding and saying no to chest feeding. Yeah. Uh, apparently, we're not supposed to use the term pregnant women anymore. We're supposed to use the term birthing parent. 86% of Americans still using pregnant woman. Rejecting birth parent. Uh, and this is, this is really just bordering on the just ridiculous. Uh, apparently, the term master bedroom, no good anymore. <laughs> no good. Because there's something about the term master that we can't, you yeah. know. Yeah. We're supposed to use primary bedroom, but 84% of Americans, thank God, are saying, no, this is stupid bullshit. We're not doing it. Do it! And this is the epitome of it. The term Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Okay? We're not supposed to use that term anymore. We're supposed to use the bullshit progressive term Latinx. Yeah. Which 87% is... of Americans are still using the term yeah. Hispanic. And will continue to do so. And like that's the one that really comes to life because we've seen it on the news. Yeah. Because it was something that AOC was was really trying to force feed Ugh. that whole ethnic group. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, we're we're Hispanic and we're proud and we're fine with that name. Please don't create a new name for us. You know how many <laughs> Hispanics are uh, identifying with the term Latinx? Three percent. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Wow. Three percent. Yeah, and I'm sure that's it's somewhat inflated. This is the epitome of that small group of arrogant, self-centered, mm-hmm. uh, Here's my phrase moneyed for up reality makers. Yeah. Because they fashion themselves of creating a narrative that the rest of us need to follow. Yeah. And we're like, no. Trying to, <laughs> trying to choke it down everybody's throats. And even the ethnic group that they're supposedly trying to protect from being offended is saying, no, thank you. Right. No. Because not here's into the it. thing. Talk about it. It's, it's just... <laughs> Look, the, these groups have their own identities. They have their own s- spokespeople. They've earned that right. Yes. And... You know, not not playing favorites or anything like that, but just, you know, because we're discussing the Hispanic community, they're transferring their allegiance from the Democratic side to the Republican side in droves. Yes, they are. It's because they get treated, and I'm going to throw this in in, in air quotes, with respect. Mm -hmm. And as I always say, you know, true equality, it comes with a certain level of anonymity. Yeah. They don't need to always be showcased in order to get their fair share. They want to be left alone. They want to work hard and raise their families, which really <coughs> should be the goal for everybody, well, you would well, think. Here's the, here's the big shocker to this, this group of elite assholes is people can understand and uh, be completely aware of when they're being condescended to. Right. And they will reject that. Yes. And that's what's happening is these people are rejecting this bullshit. Yep. You know, and these people, and by that I mean this cabal of progressives that are trying to dictate to everybody else. The think tank. Yeah, yeah, the thought police. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Got to wrap their brains around the fact that people aren't going for it. Right. You and know? here's something that I, I had raised to you, you know, because we see a lot of this uh, woke ideology really 
taking root and emanating from our institutions of higher learning. It seems to always come out of academia. Right. Now, the yeah. thing people or the, the, the group that's being left out of the discussion here is what I call non-traditional students. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are getting their college education now online, and there is a lot of, as, as there always has been, adults returning to school via night classes yeah. or taking some classes during the day, trying yeah. to get matriculated. I can't imagine what it would be like for these individuals, whether they're, they're fresh out of the military or they're going back to school from you know, raising a family and whatnot, yeah. who have been in the, the trenches of life, so to speak, working right. their ass off, trying to scribe together something for their families. Yeah. And now they go to these institutions of, again, higher learning, right. and they're exposed to a bunch of just pompous asses telling these people what they can and can't say anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, again, the condescension is palatable. Right. It's palatable. And I can't imagine that that would somehow, uh, okay, I'm not even going to use my French version, retard. <laughs> I, I can't help but think that this is going to, oh, what's the word we need here? Geld their learning experience yeah. to some extent because it's, it's taking what I feel higher education is supposed to be bringing to the table an exchange of ideas. Open-mindedness and enlightenment. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, you can't have one without the other. No. And it shocks me how, and this is a term we're not supposed to use anymore, how tone-deaf, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, this uh, group of, of supposedly intelligent uh, progressives... You know, and I unfortunately have to put that in air quotes because there's nothing progressive about these idiots at all. Right. How they can be so blind and so tone deaf to the reaction that they're getting. You know, I hate to reuse this phrase yet again, but this is why they hate us. Yeah. But again, see, there's so many facets to this. And all we're trying to do, folks, is give you all something to talk about. Mm. We're not taking sides. But I have to mention uh, what I said to Mike earlier when we were planning the show tonight. There are elements that are making this entire woke movement bigger and worse than it actually is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And maybe because of that, it's it's it's, it's allowed certain things to happen, whether it's the tearing down of statues or these new terms being introduced into the vernacular. Yeah. But look, don't buy the hype, folks, and don't listen to Fox because they will have you thinking that it's like seventy-five percent of colleges in America. Or are enforcing, literally enforcing, this liberal ideology, and and having the conservative-minded students walking around in fear. It's really not that bad. Well, that's the problem, and you've just nailed it. Um, that we're having is the major news media outlets, both on the left and the right, are reporting on the narrative. Yes, you know, one of the interesting things about this this New York Times survey is it featured. New York Times writers afterwards commenting on the survey results, and these idiots just couldn't understand why the public wasn't getting with the program. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, pro- the, the, the public understands completely where you're coming from. They're rejecting it. Right. They're rejecting and it. And the difference between truth and fiction should not solely depend on the size of your satellite. Yeah. And that's what we're looking at. Yeah, so, because somebody so. with makeup behind a camera says it's true, doesn't mean it is. And look, we know that both sides have everything in the world to gain by a fractured society. Yep. And this is just one more example of that. But like you said in, in the opening, 
Because of this um, survey, let's call it, that was coming from the New York Times, normally a bastion of progressive thinking. Once upon a time, these guys were uh, an icon, right? You know, of news. And now, because these people off the street, so to say, you know, if they're rejecting it, maybe it's a sign that the the public in general has had enough. Yeah, and maybe in a society the way it is now, between the economic turmoil, the, the, the post-COVID malaise, whatever you want to frame it as, yeah. maybe we've just had enough. Yeah. You know, I don't like to be the person frothing at the mouth. and, and That's my job. <laughs> Which we, we A well-known frother. We, we kind of hand that ball back and forth. But I, I don't like to be put in a position where I'm screaming and yelling and banging my head against the wall with this kind of shit. I really, really do not. You know, but I do take some degree of pride in trying to be progressive mm -hmm. and having these people that are, again, supposedly my side of the fence, completely undercutting everything about the position is infuriating. It's yeah. absolutely infuriating. You know, and I got to say that I am encouraged and I feel positive and I feel good about the fact that it would appear that the general public is rejecting this. They're absolutely rejecting this. Right. And I just wish the quote-unquote progressives would wake up to that fact. Mm -hmm. You know, public's not going for it. And maybe it's not because the public's stupid. Maybe it's because you are. Wow. That sounds like a bridge to the third gem. Kind of does, doesn't All it? right. I like it. I like it. <laughs> What do you got for us, kid? You know, <laughs> this, was, this was good fun because we were both very much in agreement as to how this was uh, appropriate to wrap up this particular segment. Yep. Um, it's kind of funny because this band was known as The Beat in Europe and pretty much everywhere else in the world, but, uh, but the U.S. and Canada. Uh, in the U.S. and Canada, they were known as The English Beat. And, uh, and this is a song from 1982 that I think really, really wraps it up for us. It's a song called Save It For Later. And I love this tune. I love the group. And I love the fact that you picked this. Because, yeah, in that indomitable English way. Indeed. With their way with a phrase. Yes. <laughs> Save It For Later is just, well, a nice way of saying. Jog on. And there you go. So let's play this one for you, folks. And we'll be back in a couple more minutes. We're going to wrap up and stuff.
The English beat. That was good stuff. Yes. There's something so refreshing about some, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Alt wave, new wave, first wave. Yeah, and English irreverence. Yes. You know? English irreverence. I dig it. That was, uh, that was a song, of course, from the English beat called Save It For Later. Uh, that song was written by Dave Wakeling, actually, when he was a teenager, long before the beat formed. And uh, it's kind of funny. The song uh, almost didn't get released because beat bassist... Uh, what was this guy's name? Dave Steele hated the song. Huh. Absolutely hated the song. And uh, apparently he thought it was uh, too rock. It was too old school. But when they get to their third album, they ran out of material. Mm-hmm. And actually the record company pressured them into recording the song. And it eventually became one of the most popular English beat songs right. they've ever done. And uh, the song title is apparently a double entendre. We don't have time to get into it today. <laughs> Some other day we'll get into that. But if you it's know, it's just a British colloquialism. Yeah, for so if you know the English sense of humor, you know, <laughs> run with that. Yep. So anyway, ah, uh, what's up in Big Blue Brain here this week, Johnny? Well, as we reexamine everything in this this mighty year, twenty twenty three. Yeah. Uh, just bringing everybody up to speed. No, we don't have jet cars yet. <laughs> um, really? Yeah. Not wow. yet. Wow. What's the hold up on that? <sighs> Elon Musk should be on that. You would think. You would. 
Uh, well, we had some new entries to the Pantheon of Acts on the Classic Rock Showcase. Nice. Uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears okay. joins us, reaching back all the way to the 60s on that one. All right. And um, to complete our examination of the Beatles, <laughs> we added uh, Mr. Ray Starkey, Ringo Starr, nice. to the mix. Nice. And, and uh, again, a lot of fun doing both of these. Yeah. Um, with Blood, Sweat, and Tears, I got a chance to listen more you know, at length to a lot yeah. of their B-sides and do a deep dive. Yeah. And then with Ringo Starr, I was surprised how many tunes were from my youth uh, in, in the early or late middle or all over the 70s. Right. Um, just stuff that got a lot of like airplay on the radio nice. and have since been totally forgotten. You know, in in the whole big picture scenario of being in a band with Paul McCartney, with John Lennon, with George Harrison, all these guys just phenomenal, monumental artists, yep. Ringo... Is the everyman. Yeah, totally. You know, and that Ringo was able to post hits and do his thing is just, yep. that's that's cool. You gotta, Are you, you ready gotta for your mind blowing thought of the day? Yeah. Mind blowing thought of the day. Hit me. The Who, yes. with Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend, yes. are in need of a bassist and a drummer. Okay. Mr. McCartney, Mr. Starr, you're on in five. <laughs> Would that not be an amazing band? Oh man, that's that's just yeah. plug them right in. Yeah, that's Oof. that's an amazing thought. It Oof. really is. It really is. <laughs> so there you have it. That's amazing thought of it. Was it well, that was well, that was that's very very close to what almost became Led Zeppelin. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Good yeah. point. So yeah, so we got that stuff going on. Of course, always doing new programming. Um, you know, recently we had the very special holiday episode of the Rockabilly Rumble. Yes, we did. And now as we're heading into the year, it's time for some more episodes of that. Yeah. So I encourage everybody, please keep sending in your music that you've done you want me to play. Absolutely. Just make sure you put in there something about you know, releasing me from like all rights and all this other nonsense. <laughs> because, yeah, I ain't, got, I ain't got the legal team for that. Aye. But we'll certainly get you the exposure you so richly deserve. Nice. And uh, other than that, it's just you and I doing this nonsense again and again and again. You know? And having a good time doing it. And it's getting more popular all the time. Like, I think I mentioned one of our last episodes. Uh, hello to the table, Europe. This is Radio Freedom. Because, <laughs> yeah, up until, like, well... 2023. Oh, yeah. We had uh, a little activity in Brussels for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. And, and Dublin. Those were our European hotspots. Dublin, loving it. Loving now, it. Berlin is actively Hello, involved. Berlin. Paris is, well, lighting the world on fire. Big <laughs> shout out to Paris. Big <laughs> shout out to Paris. Along with Spain and Portugal, and of course, sunny old London. Nice. Just holding it down, probably because they like every time we do a new wave or, yeah. or punk song. I know about you, but I'm <laughs> loving the idea that the folks in Paris. You know, are, are just loving it, rocking on riffs and rants. You yep. know, big hello to those folks. Just when you think whatever we're doing isn't worth a spit, <laughs> it's like blowing up all over the world. So, love it, love it, love absolutely, it. absolutely. And I love the fact that everybody just seems to adore our holiday episode, <laughs> um, entitled I'll Be Prone for Christmas. That was some good fun. If you that haven't heard that one, fun. folks, yeah, check it out. I think it was, what, 133 or 134? I think it was, yeah, 133. Oof. Yeah. yeah, that's blowing up. It's already in our, our top four most yeah. downloaded of all time. Yeah. And did I give a shout-out to the Paris folks? Yes, you did. I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> we. Good. You did. We. Yeah. We, we did. So, uh, for all intents and purposes, that is it for this episode. But, however, but 
We've got what are we calling it now? A, a fade out gem or a post show uh, gem? The the uh, very rare, yeah, uh, and very monumental fourth gem. Okay, you know, as a, as a nod to uh, whatever we've just covered topic wise. Another song that just drives it home. Indeed, indeed. And another great band that we have not uh, played in any of our gems. Yet, this is so true. that's an this extra true. reason to do it. And a band that we very, very much want to give a nod to, yep. because they are significant. Very legitimate. And they are? Depeche Mode. And the song is? Enjoy the Silence. And as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Shomley. And we'll see you all on the flip side. Spoken to be broken, feel 